the Coach. Sex, love, Carol the Coach. Sex, love, and relationships. We talk about it here. Carol the Coach. Compassion with contemporary relevance. I am a psychotherapist. I can be your personal life coach and I can help you with your issues. There are no problems too small or too big. You can talk about anything. Speaker, columnist, radio TV host, and commentator. Carol the Coach brings messages of wellness and empowerment within reach of everyday people every day. Almost five years ago, I lost my soulmate in an accident. He was killed in a plane crash. Life just for me has seemed to stop. There are groups all over the city. I mean, I teach one. It is a specific way to start thinking so that you shift how you see the world, which then shifts your energy, and then you feel better and you actually see things differently. Carol the Coach, always available to at carolthecoach.com. Well, welcome. In, I am just so happy to be here. This is Carol, the coach, and you are listening to Your Best Life. You know, our job as radio hosts is to share the skills that enable you to live a better life, and that's why we call this show Your Best Life with Carol, the coach. I'm going to be teaching you skills tonight that perhaps you've never learned before. As a matter of fact, this is one of my most controversial ideas. I've written about it in the Creative Coaching Manual. I've written about it in the Relationship Guide, Improving Relationships, a couple's workbook. And I have I've talked about this at workshops and really, really kind of enlightened people as to what it takes to deal with conflict. You know, you may not have gotten information the way you needed it. Parents didn't really know how to teach you what to do with conflict. Maybe they told you to ignore it. Uh, Maybe they told you to beat somebody up. Uh, Maybe they told you to turn the other cheek. So today what we're going to be talking about is how do you deal with someone who's very critical of you or who's angry with you and who is unable to let go of the anger they feel towards you. And that really can be tough. So hopefully you'll hear this controversial message and and you'll be able to apply it to your life. As a matter of fact, when I do this with my clients, when I share this concept of how to deal with conflict, I ask them to practice this. And I tell them, I hope you run into some conflict this week because I want you to use this four-step strategy. Um, now, You know, this show is all about relationships, so if you end up having a question, I want you to call me at 1-760-683-2646. As a matter of fact, go find a pen and a piece of paper, because not only am I going to be teaching you these skills, but I want you to write the number down so that you have it close to you. 1-760-683-2646. Six eight three two six four six, and um, don't hesitate. Don't be shy. You know this is your hour, not only with Carol the coach, but this is your own personalized hour to get psychotherapy or to get live coaching, depending on what your need is. So truly, this is. I want you all out there to believe that this is your own very specialized hour, and you know. 
it may be that you can't always be available at 10 p.m. on Wednesday night for the Your Best Life with Carol the Coach show. And if that's the case, here's the incredible thing. You can download the show by going to www.blogtalkradio.com slash carolthecoach, and it will identify all of the shows that I've had. Now, that's all of two this time around. Um, But you can download it on your computer or your radio. And, you know, I'm very impressed with the fact that it's an opportunity for you to listen to it when you have a little time or when you heard something and you want to rehear it. You know, when you um, download it, it is on your iPod or on your computer forever. And you can go back and listen to the message and and practice it, mull it over, teach it to your family and friends. As a matter of fact, I have been really impressed. I actually had listeners who took notes last week, shared it with their friends and family, and then quizzed themselves and their loved ones. Now, you know, that is a faithful audience, and I appreciate all of you that listen. Um, I've had listeners on a regular basis for a long time. I have had radio shows, um, nothing that's been syndicated yet. Notice I said yet because uh, that's the goal that I'm going for. But I have had them on news talk stations in the Indianapolis area. Uh, I've worked on two different stations, had three different segments on other stations. You know, I'm a columnist. I, I write for Indie Metro Woman. Uh, I have worked for worked for Indie's Child and wrote parenting columns. Um, I actually was the sexpert for an indie men's magazine and uh, wrote for our largest Indianapolis Star newspaper and had over 800,000 readers. So I know that the lessons that I have to teach are valuable. How do I know? Because I live them. And, boy, it's hard to, to walk your talk. And I'm constantly reminding myself to do that. I'm constantly using the principles that I'm going to be teaching you uh, this time around. So just know that we're all in this together, and it is very heartwarming to know that, you know, you can call one seven six zero six eight three two six four six. You can chat by... by uh, using the chat line, and you can chat with other people. And then, of course, like I said, you can download. So glad to have you here and really want you to get this message. And then tell me what you think. You can always email me at carolcoach at AOL.com. And I know that sometimes some of you will feel a little shy and, and you may not want your voice to be on the radio, but feel free to send me an email if that be the case, and I will respond during the week. Now, conflict is tough, and this four-step strategy is not to be used when you're mad at somebody else. I'm going to talk to you about how to handle that then. This strategy is actually to be used when someone is angry with you. I mean, let's face it, we know what that is like when someone is mad at you and you feel very bad. Maybe you're feeling defensive. Maybe you feel like you need to explain yourself. Maybe you're feeling guilty. 
you actually know that you have done something wrong. And then it kind of becomes, gosh, what do you do to to rectify the wrong, to right the wrong, as I say? But for so many people, when somebody's upset with them, angry with them, criticizing them, they get defensive, and they don't know how to stop the ruminating and racing thoughts. And when you have racing thoughts and you can't stop feeling bad about the conflict, you can't really do anything about it. So here's my four tools for conflict. And like I said, if you would, write it down. Because when you write it down, you make it happen. You're more likely to remember it. And it's more likely to trigger conflict that you've dealt with in the past. Now, the first tool that you use when someone is angry with you is that you ask yourself, how did I contribute to the problem? And when you ask yourself, how did I contribute to the problem, you're taking ownership for it. And I always want you to take ownership because you know what? Inevitably, when someone's angry with you, there is something that you did that contributed to the problem. But the key here under tool number one is I only want you to take on 10%. In other words, I want you to say to yourself, you know what? I contributed to this problem because I gossiped about him. Or I contributed to this problem because I haven't kept things as clean as I'd like to. Or I contributed to this problem because I did leave work early. But then I want you to only take 10%. And that's a tough thing to do. Okay, that's tool number one. Tool number two is to recognize that if you're only taking 10% of the problem, then that means that the person who's angry with you or critical of you needs to accept 90%. Now, here's here's my special message. You don't tell them, hey, this 90% of this problem is about you. You just recognize that in your brain. You say to yourself, you know what, this person's really angry with me, and 90% of this issue is about them. Maybe it's about how they grew up. Maybe it's about what they expected from you. Maybe it's about how easily they get angry or how critical they can be of you. But you give them 90% in their mind. You don't tell them out loud, hey, 90% is about you. Then you say the special mantra. I'm going to give you two mantras. The first mantra under tool number two is you say, this is not about me. This is about them. And when you do that, you detach a little bit from the problem. And when you detach from the problem, you're more likely to be able to figure out what you can do about it. It's when you're so upset and you're feeling so defensive and you're feeling so criticized that you stay immobilized and you can't work it out. Okay, so that's tool number two. Remember, tool number one is saying to yourself, how did I contribute to the problem and 10% is about me. Tool number two is to say if 10% is about me, 90% of this, this conflict is about them, and then you say the mantra, this is not about me, this is about them. Now, tool number three 
is that you tell yourself the second mantra that I want you to remember. And that mantra is, I will not give him or her the power to make me feel blank. And what I mean by that is, I will not give him the power to make me feel inadequate. Or, I will not give my boss the power to make me feel inferior or hurt. Or, I will not give my wife the power to make me feel guilty. You've already owned what is your part of the problem, but you're not going to give your power away. You're not going to be so consumed by the conflict that you ruminate about things or you have racing thoughts or you defend yourself or talk about it with everybody. You clearly are saying to yourself, I won't give him or her the power to make me feel, and then you fill in the blank, to make me feel angry, make me feel inferior, to make me feel guilty. And I actually got that concept from my absolute favorite empowering woman, Eleanor Roosevelt, who said, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. And that that was a very empowering statement because, you know what, we own our feelings. I run a woman's group, and in this woman woman's group, I always hear my clients saying, he made me feel so bad about myself, or he made me feel so angry. And we've really taught the women to catch themselves and say, hey, you know what, nobody has the power to make you feel. You get to choose what feelings you have. Now, you know, I don't think guilt is that bad. I mean, guilt is oftentimes a motivator to do things differently. You know, so shame is not a good feeling to have. But guilt really does, it is a vehicle to say, okay, what do I need to change? Um, But I love that, that Eleanor Roosevelt said that, because it truly does empower you to own your own feelings and not, not allow somebody else to create havoc in your life. Okay, that's tool number three. Now, tool number four has to do with, I call it the other F word, faith. And I am a true believer that you have to have faith Whenever you're looking at any situation, you either have to have faith in yourself. And what I mean by that is you have to believe that you can weather whatever is going on in your life. You should never feel like anything is so overpowering or overconsuming and that it's taken hold of you. Okay? You have to be able to have faith that no matter what happens in your life, and truly, there are a lot of things that can happen, you have to believe that you will be able to handle it. And that's always always powerful. Okay. Now, if you don't have faith in yourself, 
then I want you to have faith in the relationship. You know, I don't know about you, but I've had people that have unjustly been angry at me. And I'm a pretty direct and assertive person. And I will say, hey, you seem angry with me. And they'll say, no, I'm not. And I say, you know, but you're not calling me as much or you're not returning my emails or you're a lot shorter with me or you're rolling your eyes more. And they'll dispute that. Well, I look at that two ways. I say, you know, if they're not going to tell me what they're angry at, I either have to believe that I can get over this and maybe I won't have the friendship with that person that I've had in the past. Or I have to say, you know what, they'll get over it. And, you know, we'll work this thing out. Maybe it's going to take them a month to get over it. Maybe it'll take them a month to tell me what's going on. Or if they're really, really mad at me, you know, I have a best friend right now from my past who is furious with me. I mean, she truly believes that I have scheduled her into my life and that I've not openly accepted her into my life. And, you know, I recognize that because I do have quite the schedule, that that, there's probably a part of that that's true. But what I know to be truer is that she's blown it out of proportion. And because I allow her to have that, and I know that, you know, she's the kind of person that just dramatizes the heck out of things, I have to accept that, you know, either I'll get through this and we may not have a friendship or she'll get over it. So I have to have faith in the relationship, have faith in myself, faith in the relationship and then that third phase perhaps well not perhaps but definitely the most important faith is I have faith in my higher power which means that I absolutely know that God is right there with me and I am not going to be forgotten and no matter what happens I'm not alone and when I let go and I let God and I have faith in my higher power that I truly am not alone, and I can weather any storm. I can weather anybody's anger. I can weather anybody's conflict. And that's so important to me, that I not feel like I'm in this all by myself. So, again, that fourth concept is that you have faith, faith in yourself or faith in the relationship or faith in in a higher power, and maybe you have all three. I mean, I've had angry situations where I actually have had all three. And I've had angry situations where, I'm telling you, um, I have very clearly known that God was in there and I didn't have faith so much in that person, but I had faith in myself. So, now you have the four tools of conflict. And I know for a fact that it is absolutely imperative to use these skills when somebody's really, really mad. Because when you do, you'll be able to 
deal with the world a little bit differently, and here's how it works. If you have some conflict in your life and you'd like to talk about it, you might as well give me a call at one seven six zero. 683-2646 and let's talk about it because clearly um, you know it can, it can be tough dealing with conflict on your own and I'd like to help work you through these steps because this is a foreign concept for most people you know I shared with you my friend who was really really angry and I shared it with you, my other friend, who would not share with me what she was angry about. And, you know, in that situation, it took a crisis with her husband for her to call me. She really needed me again. And I was right by her side because, you know what, I mean, I could have blown her off and said, I don't need fair-weather friends like that, but I knew that she either misinterpreted something I said or... She heard something that absolutely wasn't true or she just was having a rough day and somehow mistook something in our lives and, and personalized it against me. Because I know my intentions. I My intentions are typically pure. I mean, I know that I don't ever mean to hurt anybody's feelings. I can get mad at somebody, but I'm real direct and honest about that. So... What kind of conflict have you had to deal with? I mean, has your partner been angry with you? And can you apply these four tools to that very situation? Um, Are you able to do that? And can you see how, by applying the tools, You actually won't be as consumed with the conflict. You'll be better able to deal with it. You know, last week we talked about confidence, and you have to have confidence in yourself. And, you know, for me to say I absolutely know that I have never intentionally meant to hurt somebody, okay, well, now that may not be true. As I think about my own marriage, there have been times I've been mad at my husband, and I have wanted to hurt him. And I'm not proud of it. And the more emotionally mature I get, the more I don't want to do that. I'm not perfect, though. I stop myself a lot of times when I go, Carol, don't go down that road, because that's when you're punishing, as opposed to um, creating an emotionally healthy situation. And, of course, you always want to go for the emotional health. Emotional maturity in a relationship is so very, very important. And it takes a lot of um, faith in yourself to have that emotional maturity. You know, when I wrote the Improving Relationships, a couple's workbook, I really kind of highlighted the main skills that you need whenever you're working in a partnership But these are skills that, you know, you could apply with your sister, your mother, your neighbor, your brother. Um, And, and, you know, they sound so simple, but sometimes they're really very hard. For instance, in the book, His Needs, Her Needs, um, they did a survey of over 20,000 people, and they found that men 
most oftentimes want to be appreciated and admired. Whereas women most typically want to be validated. So one of my most important relationship skills is literally telling the people that I work with to appreciate those around them at least a couple times a day. You know, it's easy to do it with our friends because we have really close, safe, empowering relationships with our friends. Our friends get us and usually support us. It's a lot harder when our kids criticize us or go the other direction and do something that that makes us feel like we've not done a good job phrasing them. And I always say that with with any person, but especially kids, a discouraged kid is a misbehaving kid. You know, in other words, when a kid misbehaves, they're really very, very discouraged. And so we need to fill their emotional bucket, you know, their love bucket. And we need to appreciate what is it that we like about that person. And so think about somebody in your life who's been critical of you. And would you be able to turn that around and absolutely share with them a couple times a day something that you appreciated and loved? Uh, If it's a man, he's really going to appreciate your admiration. Now, I suspect that women need to be validated a little bit more because in society, historically, we've not been validated as much. I think that's really changing. Um, This book was written about 12 years ago, and it clearly showed that difference between men and women. So I'm here to tell you that if you're thinking about a woman who's been angry with you, if you can validate them a couple times, you know, a day. And that might look like, um, honey, I really appreciate the way you take care of our kids. You know, you do such a good job of that. And it's like you know how to do that from your very own gut. Or it might be if you're dealing with a man, you know, I appreciate you for taking charge of the outside like you do. Um, in future shows, we're going to be talking about the five love languages, and there is no doubt that Dr. Gary Chapman wrote about what those five love languages are, what they are. And, you know, for a lot of men, uh, acts of service, doing things uh, for their wife can be very, very important. Now, I know if you're a woman out there, you're like, well, I think if I had to do a score, i do just as much, if not more, than he does. You know, and let's face it, we got women and men in the workforce, and that division of duties is the number one thing that couples fight about. So, you know, it's no accident that it may feel difficult to appreciate your partner because it doesn't feel like he or she does enough. 
But if you can invest in them and notice what they are doing, you'll make a real difference in your relationship. And boy, isn't that an easy thing to do. And it actually decreases conflict. And that, of course, is what we want to do. You know, we want to live, live your best life. And to do that, it requires that, you know, you deal with conflict better and you notice the positives in a relationship. You know, I will get parents who will say to me, oh, my gosh, you know, my kids' grades are dramatically falling and I don't know what to do about it. And the very first thing I tell them is find something that they are doing well in regards to their homework or in how they're studying or in what they come home with. And they're saying, Carol, you don't get it. I'm not seeing anything right now. It's plummeting. And, you know, that's when I say, you know, tell them that they did a nice job on their spelling. At least explain to them that you noticed that they spent five minutes studying. And they'll say, are you crazy? Five minutes is not the hour that I would like for them to study their spelling words. And I say, you know, when you notice the positives, you're encouraging. And when you encourage somebody, you're noticing their effort, not their outcome. And that's, that can be tough because noticing the effort, when you notice the effort, you're saying, I like what you're doing, which is motivating. Parents are afraid, well, if I notice that effort, then they're going to think getting a C on a spelling test is okay when I know they're capable of A's. Okay, so the counselor and the parent knows the child's capable of A's, but I'm telling you the best way to get them to do A work is to notice that effort, even when it C's, because that will motivate them to do better. Uh, Just think about it in your own life. Who motivates you? Who tells you you're doing a good job? Who notices? I mean, that is so important. Do you have that kind of support in your life? If you don't, I'm going to encourage you to find it. Um, We're going to take a short break, and I'd like for you to write down the number, 1-760-683-2646. Give me a call after the break. You're listening to Your Best Life with Carol the Coach. Carol the Coach, Sex, Love, and Relationships. We talk about it here. Carol the Coach, Compassion with Contemporary Relevance. I am a psychotherapist. I can be your personal life coach, and I can help you with your issues. There are no problems too small or too big. You can talk about anything. Speaker, columnist, radio TV host, and commentator. Carol the Coach brings messages of wellness and empowerment within reach of everyday people every day. Almost five years ago, I lost my soulmate in an accident. He was killed in a plane crash. Life just, for me, has seemed to stop. There are groups all over the city. I mean, I teach one. It is a specific way to start thinking so that you shift how you see the world, which then shifts your energy, and then you feel better, and you actually see things differently. Carol the Coach, always available, too, at carolthecoach.com. Well, welcome back to Your Best Life with Carol the Coach. 
And I have to apologize to my chatters. I am not figuring out this board. I thought I'd take a minute and figure it out. I promise my homework for the week is to get this chat line together. Um, You know, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Like I said, I'm a personal life coach and a psychotherapist. And I'm kind of a dinosaur. Um, Although I've been, you know, working with computers now since about 2000, I didn't want to. I said, I will never email somebody about an appointment. I am calling them. And then, you know, I figured out that the only way I could get my niece to call me back was to text her. So I got a phone that had text, and I started doing that. And I have quickly acclimated to how technological this world is, and now I email every appointment, and... It's so much easier, and I think to myself, why did I have all that resistance to something that is really, really easy? But I'll tell you why it is, because at some point, for Carol the Coach, it was definitely a learning curve. That's why I think I have trouble with Facebook. I am so amazed at you Facebook people who clearly know how to get on, contact 43,000 other people, you know, and, and... all at the same time, I'm still not quick with that. And and so I'm running the switchboard on this Internet radio show. And I've got that down, but I don't have my chat room down. So I'm sorry, chatters. I'm really sorry that I can't let you connect with each other. But like I said, this is what I say in therapy, actually. I say, if I forget to do my homework by next week, I will buy you a book send you a free book, give you a book, and that's my promise to you. If I haven't figured out how to do that doggone chat room by next week, anybody who's on my chat line can email me at carolthecoach at AOL.com, and I will send you a free relationship manual with the four tools of conflict in it. A nine ninety nine value. I'll send it to you for free if I don't figure out how to run this chat room for, by next next week. So I hope you'll come back on and get on that chat line and just sit there and wait so that you can you can uh, get a free book. And, you know, what I guess I'm guaranteeing to you is that I will have figured it out. You won't really get that free book. But if you do want one of my manuals, you know, whether it's on relationships or self-esteem or goal setting or um, finding your God-given dream, uh, they are very affordable. They're exercise books. You actually do the exercises in them. You get healthier. And they're very affordable just by going to my website, www.carolthecoach.com. And if you don't feel like spending the money, I have over 500 articles. I probably have 20 podcasts that you can download for free. Those articles are free. You come up with the topic, and I've probably written about it, because uh, about 10 years ago, I discovered that I loved to write. And that is actually how I got this radio gig that I got, oh gosh, seven or eight years ago. You know, it was an amazing story for me. It's actually a story that is is in The Coach's Journey, which is a book that you can get on Amazon.com. Uh, My story is in there. So I'll tell you a little bit about me. 
um, about, well, it was in 2000, yeah, in, in 2000, I was talking to my medical director and I said, hey, I want to reach out more globally to people. And he said, you want to reach out more globally, how do you propose that you're going to do that? You're a social worker. How are you going to um, how are you going to get to the people, Carol? And I said, well, you know, I'm going to write a book, or I'm going to be on radio, or I'm going to be on television. And he kind of laughed and with his tongue in his cheek, and he said, okay, I will give you one hour a week to make that happen out of my 40-hour week. So I said, okay, very cool. And what I decided to do was I went to a friend who I knew who had a son who was in the communications department in our local high school. And I said, hey, I would like to borrow your son, and I'd like to see if he could produce a demo tape that I could send out to all the radio stations. Um, and I'm going to give advice, and hopefully this will get me a gig somewhere, somehow, some way. And so for $25, I hired this kid, and on his time off, we went over to our local high school. It's actually one of my alma maters, North Central High School in Indianapolis. And I took two friends with me that had real-life problems, and I said, don't tell me what the problem's going to be. I want you to spring it on me, and I am just going to give you some advice. And they thought that was very fun. So the three of us went into this little studio, and by the flip of a switch... This kid made it sound like they were calling on the radio when they were in reality just talking into a mic. And so they shared their problems. My one girlfriend had difficulty finding a man, and my other girlfriend had difficulty getting her son to launch out of their home. He was in his 20s, and she couldn't get him to leave the nest. And so they shared those stories, and I gave them advice, and we made this demo tape. And actually, I thought it was pretty good. I was pretty impressed not only with me, but with his production and with my girlfriends. And I was just very pleased. So I send this thing out to every radio station in Indianapolis. And I wait, and I wait, and I wait. And I was so surprised because I got no response at all. And being that... I've done a little work in business. I said, well, you know, it takes 30 no's to get a yes. I've just sent out to about 28 radio stations. I'm going to send it out again. So I waited about six weeks, and I sent it out again. And this time I got one response, and it was actually on my answering machine. I should have saved it. And it was this, it was a, a man by the name of Drew Carey. So it was really weird. I come home and I get this, hey, Carol, this is Drew Carey from uh, the Sports Talk radio show. And he goes, I just wanted to tell you I liked your voice. I really appreciated who who you were and keep keep up the good work. And actually, he gave me the 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 letters of the show, but he didn't say it was Sports Talk. So I call him back. I'm really excited. I'm thinking, oh, finally I got my response. And so I get a hold of him, and he he goes, you know, you got a great voice, you got a, a nice delivery, you just keep at it, Carol. I'm sure somebody will hire you someday. And I said, well, 
I was hoping you would hire me. And he said, Carol, we're a sports show. We, we, we couldn't use you. Sorry about that. And I said, well, you know what? I know sports hypnotherapy, and I probably could be helpful on your show. At least let me do a segment. And he said, no, no go. I'm sorry. I just don't have any need for you. But, Carol, don't give up. You got a good voice. You got a good delivery. Don't give up. So that was that. Well, the third time around, I decided to send him out again. And this time, for whatever reason, I went ahead and sent a resume with my aspirations to be on the radio to our only um, radio, uh, excuse me, our only newspaper in the city. But it was a big paper. It was Gannett, and it was the Indianapolis Star, and you know, it, it probably had about 180,000 readers during the week and 800,000 on Sunday. And so about a week later, I get a call from the Indianapolis Star, and they say, you know what, we're getting ready to start a how-to section in our indie living. And I said, Really? what do you mean how to? And they said, well, we're going to have columns that teach people how to do things, how to garden, how to cope with depression, how to um, empower your life. And and we're looking for somebody. It, it seems like you might fill the bill. And they said, what do you want to do for us? And I said, well, I want to be your own local Ann Landers, because to me that sounded really good, to have a local Ann Landers who could give advice. And they kind of laughed over the phone, and they said, hey, Carol, we don't need a local Ann Landers. I mean, we have an Ann Landers column. And I said, oh, okay. Well, what do you need? And they said, well, have you ever heard of life coaching? And I had actually just signed up for my first training workshop to be a coach. And they called me at the end of July and my training was going to be uh, September 13th, 2011. I remember this because of September 11th, 2011. Uh, 2001, I mean. So I go, well, I'm in training to be a coach. And they go, you are? That's great. And have you published? And I had published a one-paragraph synopsis for our National Association. And I said, why, yes, I have published. And they go, great, send us your published materials, we'll review them, and we'll let you know if we're interested in in meeting with you for an interview. So I said, well, excellent, and I got the address, and I hung up the phone, and my heart was beating out of my chest because I knew that I had embellished I had embellished two different things. I had embellished that I had published, because what I had published was not going to get me the gig. And I had embellished that I was, a, you know, was in training to be a life coach, because I wasn't in training. I had signed up, but I was not in training. But I had belief in myself. And, you know, last week we talked about confidence. And, again, I want to reiterate, you have to believe in yourself. So I got 11 books out of the library. I wrote down three columns. What is a coach? What is anger? How do women and men feel that differently? And about body image. And so 
that's what I, I decided to write about. And when I went to meet with them, because they did call me and they did want an interview, they said our only regret is that we couldn't do this previously published material. And I said, oh, but you can use it because I customized it especially for you. And that got me the gig with the star. All of a sudden I had 800,000 readers. Well, who knows how many of those Sunday readers actually read my column, but I sure did get a lot of emails, about 300 a week. And um, then that got me the radio stuff. And if you go to my website, www.carolthecoach.com, you can see that I also have a regular news segment on Channel 13, our local NBC affiliate, and I um, give life skills. As a matter of fact, I want to tell you that if you go to YouTube slash Carol the Coach, you will be able to see me delivering the four tools of conflict, or you can get catch that on my www.carolthecoach.com website because that's how important I think that these tools are for healthy living. Now, you know, I am really a believer in living the word and in walking the talk. And so I'm going to invite you as I would a client to think about somebody who's angry with you right now and to write out how you would use these four tools. And when you do that, and I said earlier, when you write it down, you make it happen, you're going to have scripted what you actually need to do to make your life different, to deal with conflict with more confidence, to be more detached from it so that you can actually work with it. You know, I had a friend once that I asked to go to dinner, and she didn't respond. You know, she, like, was blowing me off face-to-face. She just wasn't answering. And I sent her an email, and I left her a message. I really wanted to go to dinner with her. She's one of my favorite friends. And we ran groups together. And one day I said to her, Christine, I am really angry that you're blowing me off here. You know, we are good friends, and I hate when my friends blow me off. And she said, now, Carol, I'm going to just have to practice the four tools of conflict here. Let me tell you something, honey. This isn't about you. This is about me. I'm a mom of two. They are taking every second of my time. I love you, darling, but I don't have time for you right now. Now, she admitted she was contributing to the problem because she just wasn't being honest with me. If she had been honest with me, I could have understood that. I wouldn't have liked it, but I could have understood it. But she wasn't being honest. That's how she contributed to the problem. But she knew that 90% of it was about me because here I am. I'm feeling dejected. I'm feeling rejected. I'm getting more and more angry. I'm even having thoughts that are pretty arrogant and ego-driven, like, I can't believe she doesn't want to be my friend. Who wouldn't want to be my friend? I am fun to be around. I would be a respite for her. I can't believe that we have this kind of friendship and she's treating me like this. So you can see where 90% of this anger was about me. It was about me feeling rejected. 
and probably if we looked at my life and my family of origin issues, I didn't really get the attention I needed as a kid. I'm not blaming my parents. They did the best they could. But I really didn't get that. So it even goes deeper. It wasn't just Christine blowing me off. It's that, boy, this was paralleling some real hurt feelings I had as a kid. Okay, that was tool number one and two. And she said, you know, to herself, this really isn't about me. This is about Carol. Yes, I contributed to the problem, but but her frustrated feelings is about her. And then she did. She was, the, I think, the queen of saying, you know, I won't give Carol the power to make me feel inferior. My life is crazy right now. And, of course, then she was very direct with me. She eventually, you know, when I tagged her on this, she said, you're right. I don't have time. I'm sorry. And when I heard that explanation, I didn't like it, but I lived with it. And I think she probably had faith in herself, faith in us, and faith in a higher power because she knew I loved her. And she knew that eventually her life would wind down and it would be better. And she knew I was going to get over it. I wasn't going to blow her off forever for blowing me off. So you can really see how this thing worked. And um, interestingly enough, we did a workshop about a month later. And she's like, hey, I want to make sure that we get there early so we can bond and I'll bring all the stuff. You just take it easy and then let's make some time after the workshop so we can go out for drinks and dinner. And, you know, she was really making it up to me, you know, and she was showing me that I was important, you know, and that she just even by expressing herself, it helped her to figure out how she could solve some of her own issues and mine all at the same time. Because what she said when we got together afterwards is, you know, Carol, I realized that I haven't been giving myself enough time, which means I have been kind of ignoring our friendship, and I've been ignoring other people too, and it was a wake-up call for me. But I still knew that your anger was really about you, you know, that I wasn't being the best friend that I could be, but I certainly know that your feelings had to do with what had happened in your own life. So that's where I was on the other side of it. And maybe that's something that you can think about too. Have you been angry with somebody? Have you overreacted or, you know, maybe reacted really strongly to someone? Could you reverse these four tools of conflict and see like I did that um, 90% of the problem was about you? And that you could own that in tool number two. And that really, um, they were really going to work hard at not giving you the power to make them feel blank. And that hopefully there was some faith in your relationship so that both of you were going to weather this, whether it be a spouse or a parent or a child or a coworker. Um because you can reverse it, too. And, it, you know, me teaching those tools and recognizing that this is really more about me helped me to let go of that anger. You know, anger is very, very motivating. It really is. Anger is a tool. You know, it's an emotion. 
but it's a tool for me to say I need to do something differently. When I was feeling that anger and it was building and building and building, I had to, again, be very assertive and direct with my friend to get it out. And it did move our situation along. Both it gave me some insight and it gave her some insight. And it here's what I really want you to believe, and I teach this to my couples, and they kind of shake their heads, but I'm promising you this is true. In healthy relationships, conflict breeds intimacy. So if my husband and I argue about something and really let each other have it with, with our feelings, because we're healthy, and we both love each other, and we both want the relationship to work, once we get over the conflict, we're actually closer. Because conflict is natural, it's necessary, and it's normal. And when you deal with conflict in a healthy relationship, you absolutely feel closer to that person. So you might write write that one down too. Conflict breeds intimacy in healthy relationships. Now, if you're in an incredibly unhealthy relationship, then probably that anger that you feel needs to motivate you to get some counseling or get some relationship counseling, because I don't know who you're mad at. Get some family counseling if it's a, if it's a parent or if it's a kid. Um. It should motivate you to maybe talk to your minister, your priest, and really work the situation out. Anger is a great emotion if it's channeled directly. And let's face it, anger is typically um, right underneath the conflict. And I always say for men, it's right underneath the conflict and underneath that anger is sadness. And for women, they typically get their feelings hurt. And then if you were to peel away the sadness, there would be anger there. Um, and that's, those are generalizations, but I find that to be true more oftentimes than not. Uh, I remember when I was um, training with John Gray, the Venus and Mars guy, you know, the author that wrote Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. I trained with him. I did an intensive and, and became a certified Venus and Mars workshop presenter. The man despite the fact that he's kind of corny, he was a genius. And um, he really really wrote about what a man was like. And as I'm reading the book, I'm thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, I'm the man. Because so much of what he was saying had to do with me, and he was writing about how men feel. You know, I can be very prideful, and I don't necessarily like to share my vulnerability, and certainly I don't want to share my sadness, and that is what I call false pride, and I've really worked on that. Uh, Today, I was with 13 women at a coffee hour before the show, and I shared with them something that I was very hurt about, and I could not contain my tears. And I'm looking around, and at least six of the 13 women are aghast. They're aghast at what I'm talking about. They can't believe I had to deal with that. 
they're sad because they don't typically see me cry, so they know this had really affected me. And, um, you know, all of a sudden I could see they were mad for me. They were really angry that I had to go through that experience. And as as difficult as it was to share my vulnerability and, and to, you know, tear up in front of them, I certainly wasn't sobbing, although there'd be nothing wrong with that. Um, I was really proud of myself for showing that side of me because that's not a side that I, I share very easily. And when I do, I only do it with the truest of friends. So, I mean, it it speaks very highly of who they were in my life that I could be that vulnerable. And, and I wonder about you, you know, do you have people in your life that you can be vulnerable with too? Everybody needs that kind of support and everybody needs to be able to show that vulnerability. Um, it's a good externalization. You know, I say, boy, if you're sad all the time, that really leads to depression. Um, but when you're angry, if you can find ways of getting it out and expressing it in healthy ways, hey, you know, you won't be depressed and you'll be motivated to do something differently. Maybe that means you'll divorce him or her. Maybe that means you'll get a second job. Maybe that means you'll set tougher, um, well, you'll be more tough love with your kids. You'll set tougher rules and boundaries. You know, anger can be very, very productive, but you've got to be able to release it in healthy ways. So as we begin to end the show, are you somebody who's comfortable with your anger? Do you share conflict? And more importantly, do you know what to do with conflict when it it presents itself in your life? Um, I hope that I've been able to enlighten you a little bit about a new concept that you've probably never heard of before. And, again, I want to encourage you, you know, go to my website. The Four Tools of Conflict happens to be an article under feelings. So go to the website, take a look at it, download it, you know. Keep it fresh on your mind, and and I invite you to experience some conflict. I want you to use the Four Tools. I want you to email me and let me know how you dealt with it by using the four tools of conflict. Did it work for you? And um, I'll be waiting because what I know about people is that when they use these tools, they change. They become empowered and they look at life differently. And that's, that's my goal in life is to help you feel better about yourself and about your relationship. So as I always say at the end of every radio show, Um, there will only be one of you for all time, so fearlessly be yourself. Practice these tools, and um, I'll see you back here next week, 10 o'clock on Wednesday nights. Thanks for listening to Your Best Life with Carol the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.